0: Welcome to the Chosen People radio program, a production of Chosen People Ministries. On this program, you'll hear inspiring stories, learn about messianic apologetics, and discover God's plan for Israel and you. Now let's welcome our hosts, Mitch Glazer, president of Chosen People Ministries, and Robert Walter, our New York regional director.
1: Shalom, friends, and welcome to the Chosen People radio program. Today, we're gonna continue our discussion on the Passover season, which actually is really three festivals. Passover, a one-day feast on Nisan the 14th, that's the Hebrew month Nisan, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is seven days long, that's Chag Hamatzot, the Feast of unleavened Bread, begins on the 15th in Nisan, and then the Feast of First Fruits, which is on Nisan the 16th, sometimes called the Second Day of Unleavened Bread, but we believe that was the day that actually Jesus rose from the grave. Joining me on this show is my friend and colleague, Bobby Walter. And Bobby loves Passover. He observes it as a Gentile believer every year. And Bobby has learned to love matzo ball soup. He's learned to love matzah and butter. And I'm just so proud of, of Bobby, except he's still a little unsure about gefilte fish.
2: Yes, thank you, Mitch. Shalom, Mitch. And uh, shalom and welcome to everyone. And Mitch, you are absolutely correct. I do enjoy Passover, it is such an important holiday. And uh, as great as it is, I also enjoy when Passover ends. Because it's been our tradition, Mitch, as you know, my wife and I as a family, during the week of Passover, we don't eat any leavened bread, and leaven is my downfall.
1: You know, you know, Bobby, it's actually a great spiritual discipline. I recommend it. It's not that you'll be under the law, believe me, you don't want to do that. But it's a great spiritual discipline. It's a good tradition because we understand that leaven is a symbol of sin. And every time you take a bite of matzah and resist a bite of delicious bread, you're again telling the Lord that you want to live a pure life, that you are going to repent of your sin. And so it's really a wonderful tradition. And it's I think it's a great spiritual discipline, and it only lasts eight days, so you can do it. But anyway, Bobby, tell us a little bit about Passover.
2: Uh, We're sort of going to pick up where we left off last week uh, when we spent a good amount of time talking about uh, really the fact that Yeshua, Jesus, is our Passover lamb. And we talked about the connections between uh, that uh, initial Passover lamb in the book of Exodus and what Yeshua has done for us. So this next feast that actually takes place during the same time as the Feast of Unleavened Bread and during the Passover season, it's called the Feast of Firstfruits. And we read about it in Leviticus 23, beginning in verse 9. This is what it says. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, when you enter the land, which I'm going to give you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring in the sheaf of the firstfruits of your harvest to the priest. He shall wave the sheaf before the Lord for you to be accepted. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. Now, Mitch, when we read the Hebrew, what, it, what does yom, right? That's the Hebrew word for
1: day. What does it mean? Very important question, uh, Bobby. Let me start by saying that, that when the Bible talks about a day, it means a day. So how's that for the simple answer? And the reason I mention that is because some people... Uh, believe that a day is longer than a 24-hour day. And that's how some people justify a view of creation. It's sometimes called theistic evolution, sometimes called uh, other things. But I would say that unless there is some specification to make us think differently, when the Bible talks about a day, it means a literal day. And, uh, If you look in the book of Genesis, it's very interesting uh, because the Bible usually says evening and morning, a day, first Mm -hmm. day, second day. And so there's no doubt about it in my mind that when the Bible talks about a day, we're talking about a literal 24-hour day. And why is that important? Well, it's important because you have a calendar. And uh, the calendar tells us what to do on certain days. On Mount Sinai, Through Moses, God gave the Jewish people a lot of do's and don'ts, but he also gave them a whole bunch of whens, what to do when. And in Leviticus chapter 23, we have the Sabbath and then seven great festivals of Israel by which the entire nation could calibrate their entire lives year by year. And so in Leviticus 23 verses 5 through 6, we read about the establishment of uh, Passover. So let me read that. In the first month, okay, not the second month, not the third month. You know, in general, numbers are important uh, in the Bible. You can't allegorize them. You can't dismiss them. You have to understand them. So in the first month, first month, that's the month of Nisan uh, in the Hebrew calendar. And it usually falls out in March or April. So in the first month, on the 14th day of the month, again, friends, Not the 15th day, not the 13th day, but the 14th day of the month at twilight, that's uh, in between, is the Lord's Passover. Then on the 15th day of the same month, there's the Feast of Unleavened Bread for the Lord for seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, that bland, tasteless uh, substance that makes a good crack when you break it in half. And so Passover begins on the 14th of Nisan and uh, is when Jewish people have their first Seder, S-E-D-E-R. That's an order of service. And it was during that Passover Seder that Jesus celebrated what we call the Last Supper. And there's a, a, a tradition of what you do at a Seder. It's not just a meal. It always happens the same time and it always happens the same way. And so that Passover meal uh, was filled with a variety of traditions, and Jesus took these ancient symbols and showed how they were fulfilled in him. So he basically uh, talked about the Old Covenant, and in that same meal established the New Covenant that was predicted in Jeremiah 31. Bobby, uh, I know that as a, a Gentile believer who wasn't raised with all of these traditions that Mm -hmm. when you see them fulfilled in jesus particularly the way he demonstrated this at the last supper it makes the lord's supper mean so much more to you i know it does for me but coming from your background bobby how do you how do you view it i had no understanding of of passover
2: you know i didn't I, i knew it was something that the jewish people celebrated but i never even thought to make the connection between Um, uh, the Jewishness of the Passover and what I was reading on the pages of the New Testament. It was really when it was pointed out to me that there was great meaning and significance uh, to the matzah uh, and and that being the bread, the unleavened bread that Jesus used when he said, this is my body. Uh, And and really just even overall, just looking at uh, the celebration of God's miraculous awesome deliverance of Israel from slavery in Egypt 3,500 years ago, that being the backdrop of what Jesus was communicating to his disciples about his identity, that he is the, the new Moses, that he is the Passover lamb, that it's his blood that pays the price for our redemption, just like the blood of the spotless Passover lamb was used by God to redeem and deliver Israel from slavery in Egypt. Once I started realizing these things, it's like, You know the the light bulb started to go off. And honestly, I'll add this. Um, It was during that time, God used me being exposed to the Jewish backgrounds of the Passover as seen in the Last Supper with Jesus and the disciples. God used that uh, to to help develop even more of a burden in my heart to bring the gospel to the Jewish people. Wonderful. We are the bride of Christ, right? And we should want to learn more about... uh, his background and and the story of his
1: people. Absolutely. When you go to a Passover, uh, you touch things, you eat things, you smell things. And the rabbis tell us that we're supposed to do all that because we're supposed to feel like we were there. But nothing is more magnificent than when Jesus took the middle piece of matzo, because we use three pieces— a lot of people say one is God, one is the priests, and one are the people. And I, that's what I would go with. And so we break it, we wrap it in half of it in a linen napkin, we hide it, then we bring it back at the end of the meal, then we break that piece into little pieces, and everybody at the table will eat it. The matzah is striped and pierced, it's unleavened. There are so many parallels between the matzah and the person of Jesus. But what's so amazing is in verse... Uh, 19 of, of, of Luke 22, when he had taken some bread, read of matzah, and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so we understand that even in John 6, we're to eat his body and drink his blood. So the bread and the and and the wine are uh, explained by John in John chapter 6. And and it's, it's, it's not literal Blood and it's not a literal body, but they are symbols that remind us of what he did and who he is. Previous to that, he took the cup of the new covenant and he drank it. And that's the third cup, usually in a Passover seder. So all of these beautiful symbols of the Passover weave together the story of redemption, but point always pointed to a future penultimate redemption that came about through the death. Of Jesus the Messiah but Bobby it's it's more than his death he died exactly at the right time Mm -hmm. in the book of Exodus chapter 12 the lamb was selected and then on the 10th day and then the lamb was to die on the 14th day and so at 3 p.m. in the afternoon based upon what we read in the text in the New Testament Jesus died for our sins as the perfect Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then he was buried. He had to be buried before the Sabbath uh, because you can't do burials uh, on the Sabbath. And on Sunday, the day after the Sabbath, Jesus conquered death and rose from the grave in power, astounded his disciples. And this has become one of the most essential parts of the gospel message that we preach. It's not just that Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures, but he rose again on the third day. That's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15. And so that is the gospel message. He died on the right day as the right person, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But he also rose on the right day. And why is that, Bobby?
2: Because God set the appointment. And when the time came, he fulfilled it.
1: And what was that day after the Sabbath?
2: So that day after the Sabbath would have been the Feast of fruits that we read about in Leviticus 23, verses 9 through 14. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, and again, it's that, that time, uh, that special day, uh, when the priests would gather in the, the fruits, the best portion of the harvest, offer it up to God. And essentially, uh, as God accepted that first fruits offering, the entire crop, the entire harvest was now seen as belonging to God. And when we come to 1 Corinthians 15, like you mentioned, specifically in verse 20, Paul uses really interesting language to describe the ministry of Jesus in terms of these holidays. And listen to the title that he gives Jesus. He says, But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who are asleep. So when Jesus rose from the dead on the Feast of Firstfruits, he became that best of the best portion of the entire harvest, of the entire crop. And because his resurrection to eternal life was accepted by God and, and really done in the, by the power of God, uh, now we as the harvest, we as the, the rest of the crop will join him in that same resurrection to eternal life, which is different from every other resurrection that we see in the Bible because he never died again.
1: I think all of this is just so wonderful because you have the prophecy in Exodus 12 of the lamb, what the lamb would do and when the lamb would do it. And then you have more about the lamb filled in by Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 53. The picture Mm -hmm. starts getting clearer and more beautiful and more colorful. And then you have Jesus living a perfect life Demonstrating that he is the Lamb of God. He is announced on the 10th of Nisan, which is the triumphal entry. He sits down to celebrate the Passover on the 14th of Nisan, the evening of the 14th, and then he dies on the 14th of Nisan, exactly on the day when that lamb was supposed to be slain and its blood smeared on the doorposts of Jewish homes to prevent them from being, the firstborn, from being killed. And then He's in the grave, parts of three days and three nights, and then he raises from the dead on Sunday, which is first fruit. I mean, you, you could say, wow, this is very coincidental, isn't it? <laughs> or you could say, it's absolutely astounding to see the detail uh, by which God uh, demonstrates to us that Jesus was perfect according to the law, and that what Paul said was true, that the Messiah died for our sins and rose again according to the scriptures. That's not just according to the promise of the scriptures, but it's also according to the chronology of the scriptures, which is really amazing.
0: Chosen People Ministries is dedicated to engaging and training local churches for Jewish evangelism. And one of the ways we accomplish this mission is by providing resources and materials that will deepen your understanding of what the Bible actually teaches. And if you'd like to learn more about what the Bible says about the end times and God's judgment, then please call us and ask for your copy of Joel Rosenberg's free booklet, Pestilence, Plagues, and Pandemics. It's available right now, and all you have to do is visit us online at chosenpeople.com slash radio. That's chosenpeople.com slash radio. What the Bible has to say about these topics is so vitally important to us in these times. So ask for Joel Rosenberg's free booklet, Pestilence, Plagues, and Pandemics, What Does the Bible Teach? When you call 888-293-7482. That number again is 888-293-7482. Thanks. We look forward to hearing from you soon.
2: Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. And today we have a special treat for you, a song to celebrate Passover by Aaron Schust. Aaron is a dear friend of ours, and we know that you're going to really enjoy today's special musical selection.
1: We love Aaron, and we thank God for him. And he's another Gentile believer who has a deep passion for the salvation of Israel. And I hope that this song blesses you.
3: honored to celebrate Passover with you all this year. So thank you, Mitch Glazer, Chosen People Ministries, for having me. In 2007, I was reading in the book of Exodus before I wrote this song that I'm gonna play next called Watch Over Me. I'm gonna read it for you now. Exodus chapter 12, verse 40 and following. The time that the people of Israel lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of 430 years, on the very day, all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It was a night of watching by the Lord to bring them out of the land of Egypt. So this same night is a night of watching kept to the Lord by all the people of Israel throughout their generations. I was lonely in Over me in the darkest valleys, you watch over me when the night seems long. You help me to see the way before me. You watch over me, you watch over me. Always faithful to be leading at this moment. children, though I've wandered astray, from your infinite ways, you've never left You watch over me when the night seems long. You help me to see the way before me. You watch over me. You watch over me. You watch over, me. You watch over We've never been alone
4: Chosen People Ministries exist to pray for, evangelize, disciple, and serve Jewish people all across the world, and we also want to help equip fellow believers to do the same. Our mission was founded in 1894 by Rabbi Leopold Cohn, and we have a zeal to share the knowledge of Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, with God's chosen people. If you'd like to help us do the same, we invite you to go online and learn more. You'll find us at chosenpeople.com slash radio and then be sure to take some time to explore our website and discover how you can get involved. We have short-term or long-term ministry opportunities, internships, and even prayer and volunteer opportunities. So no matter what you're looking for, there's bound to be something for everyone. Learn more today at chosenpeople.com slash radio.
2: You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. We want to thank you so much for joining us today. Our discussion today focused on the spring feasts, and if you'd like to learn more about the Jewish history and heritage of your Christian faith, then be sure to connect with us online at chosenpeople.com/radio. We've got a ton of resources and articles, and you can even request a free copy of Joel Rosenberg's book, Pestilence, Plagues, and Pandemics what does the Bible teach?
1: Chosen People Ministries is dedicated to engaging and training local churches for Jewish evangelism, especially during these biblical holy days. And if you'd like to learn more about what the Bible says about the end times and God's judgment, then please ask for your copy of Joel Rosenberg's book, Pestilence, Plagues, and Pandemics, when you visit us online at chosenpeople.com radio.
2: Or you can ask for Joel Rosenberg's book when you call us at 888 293 7482. And when you connect with us today, don't forget to let us know where and how you're listening to this program. And now let's wrap up today's program with the ironic Benediction.
3: Ya'er er pana ve lecha vi huneca. Isa donai pana lecha. Via lecha shalom. Via sem lecha shalom. shalom. Via sem lecha shalom.